Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Oh, yeah, you got to love this groove right here. This is this little, is, little throwback, little throwback uh, RB right here. Finger uh, snapper. Oh, yeah. This is Unsportsmanlike with Evan Candy and Michelle coming to you live from the seaport. Brought to you by Patron. I was a twinkle in my daddy's eye when this song was out. <laughs> Perfection Just saying, starts a twinkle with Patron. Hey, girl. So we saw an NFL. <laughs> Wait, keep going. Sorry, I don't want to interrupt that. No, you got it. We're good. No, I was hey, enjoying it. We had the moment. The moment's passed. Did you okay. hear about the move made in the NFL yesterday? <laughs> Kevin Bayard got traded, baby. What do you think about that? Philadelphia yeah, Eagles fortifying the bass in his voice. I've got a little bass. I yeah. Hey, go ahead, go ahead and get your David Ruffin on, Ev. You think, <laughs> think Derrick Henry can be next? What if I told you that D-Hop was on his way out as well? <laughs> oh, yeah. Co- Coach Vrabes. Oh, okay. That just, Coach took a, Vrabes. that just took a turn down Creepy Town Road. <laughs> hard left. Anyway. Hard, hard left. Hard left on we the Bunny Road. Second, creepy Town. Skirt. So, uh, yes, we, we did see a trade yesterday in the NFL. I got all excited. I'll tell everybody uh, who's listening on ESPN Radio and watching on ESPNU that I said to the entire crew before the show, I said, I bet you by 9 a.m. Eastern, yeah. we'll have another one. So what happened was um, we don't have another one. But this is the week where CC said moves would be made. We asked him a week or so ago. We said, when could it get juicy? When could we see the player movement that we all love the transactional season in sports and all of the sports? And this is a window into it with the NFL. So we did see a guy that wasn't all pro with Kevin Bayard with the Titans uh, get traded to the Eagles. And now we open up that, that conversation as to whether or not there's a but wait, there's more possibly with the Titans here, CC. Yeah, well, I think the the but more is what are the Titans going to do? Are there more players on deck? Because them trading Kevin Byard for Terrell Edmonds means that they've got an eye toward the future. Now they acquire a draft pick, a higher draft pick, in a in a pick swap with the Philadelphia Eagles. So they're clearly looking forward to beyond 2023, 2024. Um, but, but I think for teams that are positioned – to be in the postseason, teams that we know will qualify for the playoffs, this is the time when you got to get aggressive. This is the time when you got to make a move to try to close the gap on some of the preeminent favorites in the conferences that they play in respectfully. So when I started putting together a list of possible teams that could be in on making a move before the trade deadline, I landed on this top five team. So I'm going to go from worst, or not worst, but the fifth to the number one team that needs to make a move, right? Okay. So so there are levels of desperation in the NFL, and this is the list that I landed on. So here I got it. Number five, team that needs to absolutely make a move. I've got the Detroit Lions. Ooh. The Detroit Lions need to make a move. They're going to be in the playoffs. We all know that. This is a team that's rock solid on both sides of the ball. But if there's an area that I could pinpoint for the Lions, it's the pass rush. 
they got to bump up the pass rush. They've got to find a way to create some 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 complementary edge pressure opposite of Aiden Hutchinson. And so I think they need to be aggressive and go out into the trade market. A guy on the Tennessee Titans that's being rumored is Danico Autry. You heard Jeff Saturday bring him up when he was on with us in studio in the 7 o'clock hour. That could be a name to watch, another name to watch. Brian Burns, pass rusher from the Carolina Panthers. Now, he's going to cost you a lot in the way of draft capital and the way of a new contract but he's absolutely worth it in terms of being able to bring along somebody that's disruptive. The thing I like about Brian Burns to the Detroit Lions is he fits the timeline for the Lions in terms of being a young guy that can grow with this group that Aaron Glenn is putting together on the defensive side of the ball. So the Detroit Lions, they are the fifth team in my teams that desperately need to make a move before the trade deadline. Can I throw out one other name for you? Go ahead. Chase Young, Washington? Absolutely. He's on the list. I had him on the list. Chase Young is absolutely a name. So, all right, the fourth team on my list that absolutely needs to make a move before the trade deadline, the Jacksonville Jaguars. They've got to make a move. We, We know that they're the best team in the AFC South. I think it's fair to say that now after the last couple of weeks. Before they went on this four game win streak, I didn't know. But winning three games in 11 days and doing it in two different continents, that showed me something. Mm -hmm. So the Jacksonville Jaguars are a legitimate team, and I think they've got to go out there and make a move. Another team that's going to be looking for pass rush. And you're going to notice a theme throughout my list because there are certain positions that championship-caliber teams are always going to target. Pass rusher is one of them. You can never have enough pass rushers. All you got to do is look at the New York Giants' most recent championships. To know that, I think the Jacksonville Jaguars – would be really well served by going out and finding some pass rush help. They got the weapons on the offensive side of the ball. The offensive line has been relatively solid for Trevor Lawrence. He's played well. The back end of that defense has played well. I think up front they need more pass rush help. Checking in at number three on teams that absolutely have to make a move before the trade deadline, the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins have to make a move. Listen, I love the way that they're playing on the offensive side of the ball, but if you're paying attention to what's going on with them, teams are starting to figure out how to try to neutralize the Dolphins. We saw it against the Bills. We saw it again Sunday night against the Eagles. Take away the throws in between the numbers in the middle of the field. Make Tua go to his second and third progression, his second and third read in passing concepts, and that's when you got a chance to affect the quarterback with pressure. Their interior of their offensive line is absolutely awful. They've got to find a way to get that fixed. Now, I know they're dealing with some injuries up front, but it wasn't that great to start with. So we'll see what happens uh, over the next few days. But they would be well served going out and making a move and getting some offensive line help for Tua. You make a strength for your team that much stronger. We saw they couldn't really get movement on the point of the attack in a running game against the Eagles. Those are the types of fronts that you're going to be facing when we start talking about competing in the championship rounds in the playoffs. Number two on my teams that absolutely have to make a move before the trade deadline, the San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers have to make a move. There is a clear line of delineation in my mind between the Philadelphia Eagles and everybody else in the NFC. I know we had the 49ers propped up there as uh, the, the, the top two teams and maybe not two in the NFC, but I think the last two weeks we've seen that team come back down to earth, and I think injuries, attrition is a big part of that. And to that point, you can't rely on being healthier the rest of the way. So go out there and make another move to help yourselves out. To me, the move that they have to make 
is secondary help. Getting somebody else on the back end opposite of Traverius Ward, another cornerback, they would be well served in trying to do that. Now, teams ain't looking to give those guys up, but teams that are falling out of it might be willing to listen if you make them a significant offer. And in this instance, take a page out of Les Need, the general manager from the Los Angeles Rams, F them picks. Go out there, <laughs> go out there and get you another playmaker in your secondary to help out that defense. Got one for you. What, what do you, do you think about Pat Sertan? Love that. Denver. Love that. That would be rich, though. And if I'm Denver, I would never let him go. Even if you got a first or a couple of firsts I would never let him go. Because his name has been out there. Because you've got to find would, that team that's would, bad enough to I make would, that yeah. deal, right? I would right? never let him go. Okay, so that he's not an option, obviously. I would never let him go. Now, a name that you might want to look at, Asante Samuel Jr. from the Chargers. Maybe that's somebody. Now, the Chargers already offloaded J.C. Jackson. I don't know what their appetite for that would be. But it's getting close to time to have to pay that guy. Maybe that might be somebody that you look at. So that's another name. But the team, the number one team that has to make a move before the trade deadline, you know who they are. You know who they are, Smalls. I think I know. You know but I'm not who, sure. How about them, Smalls? How about them? How about those Dallas Cowboys? Oh, I don't know. How about those thought. Cowboys? That's, that's not what how I thought. About, no. How about those Cowboys? What did you think? I thought he was going to go Buffalo. Me too. I thought the Bills. No. How wow. about those Cowboys? Okay. Those Cowboys absolutely have to make a move before the trade deadline. This is a team that's going to be in the playoffs. They don't have the physical identity on the offensive end that they've had in years past with Ezekiel Elliott splitting time in the backfield with Tony Pollard. So to me, the Dallas Cowboys need to go out there and make a move to fortify their running game. Again, not getting a lot of mileage from the running game outside of the space that the offensive line creates for the running backs to operate. They only have five broken tackles on all running plays this season. That's not enough from your running backs. Tony Pollard is a fine running back, but he's not going to get you the tough yards in between the tackles. Short yardage and goal line, red zone are also a concern. Having a physical presence at the running back spot, a bigger back that can be a bruiser, a thumper, a hammer in the run game would go a long ways for helping this offense and being complementary to the strength of this team, which is the defense. Another area that the Cowboys could look at is linebacker. Leighton Van Der Esch is on IR going for the rest of the season. They could be well-served in trying to fortify that core as well. So that's the list. So number five team on the list, of course, was the Detroit Lions. The number four team on the list, the Jags. Number three team, the Dolphins. Number two, 49ers. Number one, Cowboys. Now, you brought up the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I was going to The reason why the Bills are not on the list, I don't think they're going to the playoffs. Whoa. Yeah, that's why the Buffalo Bills are not on the list. I don't know. Losers so, are three so, of the last. I just, I don't, I don't you trust don't think the Buffalo Bills. You're going to be in a position to need I to do, do it. I do not trust the Buffalo Bills. Okay. So you bring up the Cowboys needing a bruiser, right? Needing somebody that's physical in that backfield. We've already talked about the idea of Derrick Henry. I got another idea for the Cowboys along those lines. It's a guy that has had a sneaky, really good season in the time he's played. I know it's going to be hard for the photoshoppers out there to picture him in this uniform, but how about, um, I don't know, Ezekiel Elliott? Literally trading him back to the Cowboys. He's been excellent for the Patriots, and he has been perfect for them on and off the field. They love him. But he's on a one-year deal. They're going nowhere. They have Ramondre Stevenson. It's not that they don't want Zeke. I bet you they'd sign him to a multi-year deal right now at their price, just not his. How about the Cowboys getting Zeke back? I don't hate it. At all. And if you want a linebacker, Josh Uche is a pass-rushing linebacker, outside backer, who's on an expiring contract in New England. There may be a big deal there between New England and Dallas. 
I think I just found a way to make New England relevant by tying them to Dallas <laughs> is what I just did. I think that's what that's what I did there. Yeah, but the Dallas that. Cowboys are, are the top team on my power rankings because we're seeing what the Philadelphia Eagles are doing now. It's an arms race in the NFC yeah. and particularly the NFC East. If the Cowboys are going to keep up with the Joneses, and of course Jerry Jones is always interested in doing that, they got to go out there and make a move. Philadelphia has shown they're putting their chips to the middle of the table. We're going to do. They just signed Julio Jones. They had him out on the field with less than a week of practice time. That's how. That's how this team is approaching the season with the level of urgency to try to break through and actually win a championship. The Dallas Cowboys got to match that energy that Howie Roseman and the Eagles have in terms of roster construction. Otherwise, they're going to be left behind. So, CeCe, based on your logic for leaving the Bills out, does this mean the Cowboys, number one, can I use that logic to say maybe, CeCe, you have a tiny bit of hope for the Cowboys who you have been fairly critical of? I do, but it's by default, right? Like, like the Cowboys are in the NFC. If they were in the AFC, I wouldn't have them there. I don't. I still don't trust the Dallas Cowboys, but you have to put them in that conversation just because of the conference. Like, Think about it. The Dallas Cowboys are going to be in the playoffs when you look at it. They, they just are. I mean, to me, they're, they're behind the 49ers, the Eagles, and the 49ers, the Eagles, and the Lions. They're behind those three teams, but I think they're right there with the Seahawks as that next team, that fourth or fifth team in the conference. So, yeah, the, the, the Cowboys are there. They've got the third shortest odds of anybody in the conference to, to win the title, win the Super Bowl. So, yeah, I think the Cowboys are right there. They have to be considered that third or fourth, I mean, that fourth or fifth team. Coming up, the NBA is back tonight, and one of our teams could win it all this year. We'll find out who that is next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Evan Canty and Michelle are Unsportsmanlike. NBA opening night. The Denver Nuggets are finally NBA champions. Nikola Jokic and the Nuggets begin the defense of their NBA title against LeBron, AD, and the Los Angeles Lakers. Coverage begins tonight at 7 Eastern with opening tip at 7.30 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Oh, this is exciting. This is exciting. <laughs> NBA's back, NFL in full swing. NHL, you've got the Frozen Frenzy tonight on ESPN+, Plus. basically the red zone of all the hockey. You've got a Game 7 tonight in the NLCS, first Game 7 in Philly's history, which I thought that was a stat that I got wrong. That is the first Game 7 tonight in Philly's history against the Diamondbacks. Smalls is looking at me like I have wow. seven heads. That is true. Seriously. I, I had to ask Pat Costello, our producer Philly fan, uh, before the show, but that is true, and of course ESPN Radio will have that coverage. NBA begins tonight. So... 
CeCe has to be pumped up because he is a Lakers fan. Tim Legler joined us earlier in the show. You can go back and listen on the ESPN app and our podcast. He said yeah. it's, it's a championship or bust, basically, this year. Yeah, yeah. I'll be pumped up at 7.30 when they tip against the Nuggets. Now, how I feel about the rest of the season, you'll have to wait until I think you're around 10, 10, 15 tonight before I can tell you that. I think you're going to feel good. I, <laughs> I really hope so. Do. I hope so. We'll I see. I really do. And I'm not a LeBron homer by any stretch of the imagination. I'm more anti-on-court LeBron than, than I would be a homer. And I just look at what they've done this season. How could you be anti on court LeBron? What do you mean? He's not appreciative enough for his time with the Heat. That's why. Yeah, I said it. He says that he had to go there in order for him to to develop into the player he wanted to be. Basketball school, basketball college. He talks about it all the time in glowing terms. We could do this for hours on end. The point is, I think that the Lakers are a really good team this year, and I think that they are really deep. And they also have a lot of trade flexibility post December fifteenth when all contracts or majority of contracts are unlocked, where they can move something. Th- and they did they structured some contracts in a way that allows them to make some really interesting moves. I think when you look at this this season this year, there's going to be the Lakers are a huge storyline. Can Denver repeat? Can Joel Embiid repeat as MVP? Will he play with James Harden? Wembenyama? We're going to start watching him, obviously. One of the most slept-on teams it feels like that we don't spend a ton of time on, which we probably should and may by the end of the season, would be the Suns. Yeah. It's almost like we forgot, like, hey, they made massive additions this offseason in getting Bradley Beal, but did they make the right moves because they're not as deep as they once were? Um, John not playing because of suspension, yet everyone seemingly thinking that the Grizzlies are still going to be great without him, which numerically they have been. And then you got Milwaukee and Boston as teams that obviously – should be the top two teams in the Eastern Conference. you got the Chris Paul storyline in Golden State. Is he going to fit in there? If he doesn't, he's an expiring contract. I hate to say him that, that way about a Hall of Famer, first ballot Hall of Famer, but that's the reality. He's about $30 million expiring. So I think you got a lot of juicy storylines so far this year. Non-Lakers, CC, which one jumps out at you? Or maybe I left one out there in terms of storylines. I want to see the top two teams in the Eastern Conference. I want to see how, Milwaukee, how yeah. Dame and, and Giannis blend together. Uh, some of the moves that the Bucks have made to fill out their roster and their rookie head coach, Adrian Griffin. How does it all work? How do they orchestrate that? Because now that they have stability and locking in Giannis long-term, there's no excuse for this team not to realize the expectations, which is winning a title. Conversely, for the Boston Celtics, it's the same thing. And the reason why I'm bullish on Boston is not as much about Christoph Porzingis as much as it is about Drew Holiday being on that team. Like, Drew Holiday has made every team better wherever he's gone. Whether you want to look at New Orleans, whether you want to look at Milwaukee and being able to win a title there, I think he's going to have that same impact with the Boston Celtics, and it's going to offset a little bit of what they lost in the Marcus Smart deal. I think Drew Holiday offensively is a much better player. Defensively, you're gaining some versatility because Drew Holiday can defend bigger bodies than Marcus Smart. So I love the move. The Celtics actually pairing Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum with a true point guard. But again, it looks good on paper. We got to see it on the court. And that's what I'm most interested in. I think the Eastern Conference is a two-team race. Yeah, I'm really interested to see how Porzingis fits in with the Celtics. And Marcus Smart was the heartbeat of that team. He was a voice that carried a lot of weight in in the locker room. And I'm wondering if Jason Tatum is going to be the one to step up and be the leader there. Because being the best player on the court is one thing. Being the voice in the room is another. And I think Marcus Smart took so much of that that Jason Tatum had his his own different ways of leading. But it's going to be a, a new day in Boston. Well, He's really going to have to step up in that way. I think that's exactly why Marcus Smart is not there. I think what the Celtics have done is really interesting in that they, they have actually 
replicated and maybe improved the basketball player that Marcus Smart was by way of Drew Holiday presenting a different type of person in that locker room. And I think part of the Marcus Smart thing, and it's listen, it's not his fault. He is who he is. He's a leader. He's vocal. He's going to take charge. I think the Celtics, my interpretation of this is they thought three more guys, three different guys had to be in charge. The head coach in Joe Missoula, not the player in Marcus Smart, and then Tatum and Brown. I think it's their team clearly. There's one other thing with the Celtics that could come up over the course of the season. Did you notice who they hired as a senior advisor recently? They hired Jeff Van Gundy. Jeff Van Gundy's had a heck of a lot of success in the NBA, and he's kind of just out there. He's not a coach in waiting or anything like that, but we all thought there was a chance that they may fire Joe Mazzulla after one year, which I thought would have been ridiculous if they fired him after one year, but he was not their intended head coach. Ime Adoka was, obviously now with the Rockets. He was not second choice Because Will Hardy was, he's the coach of the Jazz. So he was actually, at best, third choice for that job. But now they hire someone outside looking in that if they had to make a change, could take over. Hopefully for Missoula that doesn't happen. I don't believe Van Gundy wants that to happen either. But I think the Celtics are a fascinating storyline. Milwaukee's a fascinating storyline. Let me go to Golden State because we talk about the Lakers, Western Conference. We know how good the Nuggets are going to be. Memphis and New Orleans are kind of, let's see what they end up being with their health and, and suspension, obviously, in the case of Ja. Do we think Golden State is still in their championship window? Because no. I do. You don't, CeCe? No. Explain why. So. Well, I, I'm, I'm curious to know how Chris Paul is going to work with Steph Curry. Like, mm-hmm. how are they going to work that out? I mean, you're talking about losing a lot when it comes to defensively. Klay Thompson is not the defensive player he once was. Andrew Wiggins is a really, really good two-way player. But I just don't know how they're going to work out the minutes, how Steve Kerr is going to make all of that work. In addition to that, the big personalities that all of those guys have, especially Dre and, and Chris Paul. So I, I – it feels like a very combustible situation, a very mercurial situation in Golden State. And throughout the dynasty, it hasn't had those types of vibes. So I'm curious to see how that's going to work. Uh, I mean, can they all make it work? Sure. They're all all-time greats, right? They're all going to be wearing gold jackets. Dre, Clay, Steph, mm-hmm. Steve Kerr. Like, they're all mm-hmm. going to be wearing gold jackets. So, yes, they, they, they can make it work. But I just got to see it. I got to see proof of concept before I'm going to buy into them being a title contender. Can I throw one more thing out there that I can't wait to see? Yeah. Victor Wembanyama. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I I think that the NBA is going to really be lacking in something when LeBron James is done. You know, if you love him or you hate him, he's a reason that you watch. And we've been waiting for the heir apparent to LeBron James or that guy that we have to watch all of the time, that young player. Um, I mean, there's certain guys like Giannis, obviously, but could Victor Wembanyama be the player, the unicorn that we all expect him to be? If I said Wembanyama or the field for rookie of the year, where would you guys go? Wembanyama. I'd probably go the field just because I think I- so too. I'm worried about the health and him staying staying available for the Spurs. I'm curious to see what they do with him, whether or not there'll be a load management situation yeah, exactly. just because he's a singular talent. I mean the guy is seven five. Like so it's just seeing seeing him next to Chris Paul, by the way, that <laughs> and when they're when they're exchanging jerseys, that that was incredible. But I, I wanna see I wanna see how they handle Victor Webanyama. If he can stay healthy then yeah, I think the NBA has got their the next face of the league in Victor Webanyama. But that's a big if. I mean, a seven foot five if because we just don't see guys that size have the kind of longevity that LeBron James is. Well, we don't see anybody that kind of longevity. But having a decade plus of excellence, mm-hmm. we don't see guys at that size be able to have that sustained success. You said two things there that I, about Wembenyama that I think are really important. There's the health that we're always going to be concerned about because we have never seen somebody like him. But there's also the voluntary 
sitting of him to not get the wear and tear, right? That, like that's part of it with the load management that we would have to look at with him. And it's unf- they're not going to do it on, on standalone games, hopefully on ESPN, obviously. But I do think that that is definitely a storyline. I want to go back to one other thing about the Warriors. You made a point, I think was a great one, about Giannis and that there's nothing hanging over the team this year, right? With his contract locked up, three years, 186. Clay is, what, what does Steve Kerr say about Clay? He's not low maintenance. He's not high maintenance. He's no maintenance. Clay Thompson is in an, on an expiring contract that they can't seem to work out an extension right now, and they're going to have him hit free agency. You wonder if that becomes a thing at any point during the course of the season. If we're going to apply it to Giannis, rightfully so, he's not as good as Giannis, but he's as big of a piece on that historical franchise as we've seen with winning all the championships. But there are so many great storylines with the NBA coming up this season. Of course, all the action ESPN Radio tonight. Coming up, Canty's Power Rankings Plus. Would you rather get blown out? or lose in a heartbreaking matter in an elimination game. We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. CC, let's go. We started off with number five. Unsportsmanlike, Chris Candy Power Rankings, presented by Progressive Insurance. Who's number five this week? We got the Detroit Lions, 3-1-3rd stand up, although they didn't stand up in Baltimore in week seven. They got embarrassed. The Ravens beat them pillar to post. But I will say this, I'm more apt to dismiss what we saw from the Detroit Lions over this past weekend because of what they show me in the first six games of the regular season. This is a team that's been most consistent in the NFL week to week. So why should I not buy into them, especially when they had impressive road wins over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Kansas City Chiefs? So I, I still believe in the Detroit Lions. But I think anybody can get got, and Lamar Jackson is just money against NFC opponents. I think he's 16-1, and something like that, for his career. So they ran into a buzzsaw in Baltimore. Wouldn't be the first time that's happened for a road team against the Ravens. 
Keep it pushing. Number four. The Jacksonville Jaguars. Listen, three wins, 11 days, two different continents. That's that. That's enough to impress anybody. Three different time zones. Like the, the the Jacksonville Jaguars have to be taken seriously. They've taken control of this AFC South in their four game win streak. Trevor Lawrence is is playing really really well right now. They have the requisite weapons on the offensive side of the ball. The offensive line is solid, and then the defense has a lot of playmakers in their back seven. I think the only area they need to look to improve is the pass rush up front. Trevon Walker. Maybe not the right pick with the first overall pick. Maybe you should have drafted Aiden Hutchinson. That that's hindsight. It's twenty twenty. But let's not be let's not be the people that gloss over the prospects of what this Jags team can be. They were my preseason tip pick to challenge the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. I've seen nothing to dissuade me off of that. Number three. The Baltimore Ravens, anytime you blow out one of the best teams in football, 38 to 6, you're going to get recognition. Lamar Jackson and his offense finally starting to click. Lamar, 393 total yards, four touchdowns to only one turnover on Sunday. The game was never really in doubt. I mean, they just kept scoring possession after possession after possession. And you saw Todd Munkin put some wrinkles in the offense that used Lamar's legs as a threat and then ultimately ends up being a passing play. And I'm thinking about the play in the second quarter with about eight minutes to go. They've got the ball on the plus 24-yard line. It looks like a quarterback sweep. Lo and behold, Lamar tosses it to Mark Andrew. They work the ball down to the two-yard line, end up punching it in for a touchdown. If they can continue to have that level of innovation to go along with Lamar not turning the football over as much, this team should be the primary challenger to the Chiefs in the AFC. Number two. The Philadelphia Eagles, I mean, the way that they controlled the game against the Miami Dolphins, we all know Miami has an elite offense, so what's the best way to stop that offense? Don't let them on the field. The Eagles held the ball for over 36 minutes. They dominated time of possession, and that's been something that we've seen from the Eagles throughout this season. They lead the league in plays per drive. They lead the league in time of possession per drive. And with Jalen Hurts is on like the way he was on Sunday night, they are going to be a tough out. Their pass rush is going to continue to heat up as they get healthier up front. And I love the addition of Kevin Byer yesterday, all pro safety, adding them to the back end of that defense to go along with big play Slay and James Bradbury. I think the Philadelphia Eagles are right there in the conversation again for the best teams in all of football with the Kansas City Chiefs. To me, it's the Chiefs, Eagles, draw a line, and everybody else. I think that's just how good – Philly can be. So that's the list, Smalls. You're my accountability partner. Any objections, any omissions? Two things. 49ers, out. 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 You can't lose in back-to-back weeks and stay in the power rankings. I don't give a damn why it is. You can point to injuries. You can point to whatever it is that you want to point to. But you can't lose in back-to-back weeks and inspect to stay in the power rankings. Okay. Not going to happen. Never. Also an omission, Miami. So I know that they lost to the Eagles 31-17, but just like the Lions coming off a loss, they're both sitting there at 5-2. and two. Why Detroit over Miami? Uh, I, I think I've seen proof of concept against Detroit. They actually beat teams that are good. Have we seen Miami beat a team that's actually good? Have we? No. Factually, no. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, the, you know what the number one thing that sticks out to me, and I'm just doing some research on this right now, is Trevon Walker – Along with Eric Fisher of the Chiefs, the most unknown number one pick overall in the last 20 years of the NFL draft. Quite possibly. Like, you say that name. Does anyone perk up and say, oh, he's talking about the former number one (laughs) overall pick two years ago in the NFL draft? 
The only difference is, and, and Trevon Walker's got a long career in front of yeah, him. Yeah, I'm not only writing di- him off. The only difference is Eric Fisher actually won a Super Bowl. <laughs> he actually won a Super Bowl. <laughs> We're talking about a guy that was the number one pick in the 2022 NFL Draft. And I don't know that anyone knows he exists it's outside of the Jaguars and Georgia it's Bulldogs. I mean, three I think co- about how many great defenders we think about from his, his college team. Yeah. Uh, listen, I'm not saying he's a bad player, Neither but, am but I. he's not Aiden Hutchinson. And Aiden Hutchinson went number two. And I guess that's the point, right? right. He's not Aiden Hutchinson. Right. <laughs> and you had an opportunity to do that. Like, like here's the thing he, he's got two and a half sacks and three quarterback knockdowns through seven games. That, that, that's what Travon Walker has. Aiden Hutchinson, a little bit different stat line when you take a look at it. He's got four and a half sacks, and you're talking about a guy that has eight quarterback knockdowns, and, and he's, he's a much more, and he's got an interception on his ledger, too. He's a much more impactful player. So I just, that's the thing that you worry about. Like, I don't know that the Jacksonville Jaguars have the requisite pass rush to be able to close out games when they have a lead against good teams, good quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. That's going to be important for them to develop that along the way. They got playmakers in the back seven of their defense. They got to have some more playmakers up front. All right, I want to update Dr. Pepper inbox here uh, at Unsports ESPN. You could vote on this. How would you rather lose a game seven walk off loss? Or a blowout loss like the Astros lost to the Texas Rangers going to the World Series. They'll face the winner of Philly and Arizona game tonight on ESPN Radio. 69.5% say blowout loss, which is what the three of us have said. 30.5% say walk-off loss. We want your phone calls on this as well. At 888-SAY-ESPN, that's 888-729-3776, Dr. Pepper, call in line. The, the hypothetical scenario, which was not a hypothetical last night, but if you are in an elimination game, whether it's the Super Bowl, like the Broncos, the Seahawks, they got blown out. Uh, Cowboys and Bills back in the day was a blowout. We've seen other blowouts in Super Bowls, obviously. Would you rather lose that way? Or let's just say the Falcons blowing a 28-3 lead or on a, you know the Bills to the Giants on a, on a game-winning kick or a miss, excuse me, by Scott Norwood. The, the walk-off. Or the blowout, how would you rather lose? How about the Rams and the Titans when Mike Jones Mike tackled Jones. Ke- Kevin Dyson on the one-yard line? That hurt. That hurt. In you, the Super you're, tell- Bowl? you're telling me you'd rather be one yard away from winning rather than it just be a, an outright blowout? No way in one hell. One yard away? No, no way in no, hell. But I, Pat feels that way. I know our producer, Pat. He would rather it be one yard away than a blowout. Well, let's ask him how he feels about that if the Phillies lose to the D-backs tonight <laughs> by one run. Let's, let's, let, 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 let's ask him how he feels about that. Well, let's play out that scenario then. Okay, so he is a Phillies fan. Yeah. Let's play out the scenario, Pat. You have two choices right now. You could sign up for, let's use the exact score from last night. Let's say 11-4 tonight, Diamondbacks win, and let's say six or seven of those runs are in the first three innings of the game. So we know it's basically over. Or or you lose by one run that the, the run is scored by the D-backs in the ninth inning. Run is scored in the ninth inning without question. Because wow. I want to be in the game. I want to. I want to. I want to know them in the game at least until the end. And if they don't win in the end, that's fine. I don't want to be out of it in the first inning. But there would be no part of you that if you lost in the first inning or the second inning, the way in which the Phillies have beat many teams this year with early or in the playoffs with early home runs, you wouldn't sit there and say, you know what. We lost four out of our last five, and we got blown out in a game seven. Maybe it was our year until matching up with the, uh, until matching up with this team. Like you wouldn't change nope. your thought process. Not no. even a little bit. Wow. Not even a little. I want. I I want the hope. Yeah, I I don't see it that way. I don't know, and it, none of us do, honestly. Like Morgan Friedman said in Shawshank Redemption, hope 
is a dangerous thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, false hope. Hope is a dangerous thing. And then Andy escaped red. because he kept the faith. <laughs> Come on. Uh, Travis in Virginia Beach, listening on 94.1, joins us in the Dr. Pepper call online. What's up, Travis? Hey, thanks for taking the call. Uh, I'd rather lose in a close game because it means you're right there, and it means next year when you see him again, you can be like, hey, I remember last time. I'm going to get you. You know what I mean? And I wanted to relate it kind of to the rubber band theory where would you rather a rubber band just snap right in your face right away in the beginning of a game, or would you rather have a few stretches in that band, and then at the end, if something were to happen, boom, then you got hit. Okay, but maybe it's the actually the Band-Aid theory more than the rubber band theory. Like I've in my life, I'm sure everybody has, is kind of like one thing at a time, one thing at a time, and you're just like, this is painful, versus just right, right off. Oh, exactly. Yeah, you want the Band-Aid theory more than the rubber band. Yeah, the result is the same. I agree. A lot, of, lot of bands going on. Yeah. A lot of bands. Rubber bands, Band-Aids, a lot of bands going on. Okay, T.I. Uh, Mark rubber in band. Miami <laughs> listening on Sirius XM Channel 80. What's up, Mark? Gentlemen and, gentlemen and ladies, love the show. What's up, Mark? Uh, listen, I remember, I remember the 01 World Series, Mo on the mound in the ninth inning. I thought we had it in the bag, and it's still gut-wrenchingly horrific, you know, all these years later. I'd rather have gotten blown out in that game where we didn't have to worry about it being so close you could taste it. Just get it over with in the second inning and let, let me out of my misery. That's a great one. I mean, yeah, the one game it. in a big spot where he doesn't come through and close the game out. Like, just like it's, again. It, but you remember it forever. And that's, it's forever. But that's yeah. the point. Though. I know. And that's, I don't know why you'd want, in, in reality, if you're a Yankee fan, which Mark is and CeCe is, you don't want that blemish on Mariano. No. Like, that actually crushes you because he is the closest thing you have to sports perfection. No such thing as perfection, and I prefaced it with sports. Yeah. You don't like that blemish on Mariano Rivera. No. You would have rather Pettit or Clemens, whoever, get shelled for 10 runs in the first inning against the Diamondbacks than have that blooper in that game in 2001, followed up two years later, 3 game six, Josh Beckett, three days rest for the Marlins shutting you down. You don't want that on the resume. Nobody, I'm sorry, for the Astros, nobody will remember last night. Nobody will ever remember. No. If they lost by one run, we'd remember it forever. Coming up, the most unsportsmanlike moment of the day. Next, unsportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. <laughs> presented by Progressive Insurance. You can watch us on ESPNU. Listen to us on the ESPN app, Series XM80, all the great stations across the country. Uh, every day at this time, we give our Unsportsmanlike moment of the day, which may have been, for lack of a better way of saying it, dirty talking trade rumors with the Titans. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway. Um, Didn't expect that if, on a Tuesday. If you, if you don't feel a little dirty, then it's, then it's not right. Isn't that what Joe Fortenbaugh said? Oh. Joe Fortenbaugh also is Carlin versus Joe weekdays noon Eastern time. He says the, a lot of interesting the things. The wink, wink games. We we yes. see here. He says that, and we're like, is he fixing games? <laughs> and obviously, that's not what he means. But when you somebody says, and I think CC actually used it in his pick, oh, like unknowingly, he's like my wink, wink game. We're like, what the heck does that mean? Better not pick Virginia if it's a wink, wink game. We'll really start to think yeah, right, things. Right, we'll exactly. Like, what the, what's going on <laughs> with some, CeCe? Had some corn on UVA <laughs> on Saturday night. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, we give out our unsportsmanlike moment of the day. And I'm going to preface this by saying I have no issue with what's going to happen here. But everybody in the world seems to. Is Drake being the front runner? Oh. So a picture went viral yesterday of Drake and Victor Wembanyama. Yes. And now everybody's wondering about, you know, <laughs> is Wemby jinxed and all that? The Drake curse? Wemby is also seemingly, and we have it on ESPNU here, seemingly wearing a shirt that is glow-in-the-dark. Very cool. That is pretty cool, yeah. And Drake does not look very big in this um, picture at all. But do we think, is it fair to put this on the unsportsmanlike moment of the day? Because of the Drake curse. Uh, I don't know if it's because of the Drake curse. There's no curse. It just looks awkward. Like Drake, Drake. It looks there like Wemby and his son. Yeah, there, there <laughs> aren't a lot of instances where Drake looks socially awkward, but this is absolutely one of them. Like, what, what, what are you trying to accomplish? But here? how are you supposed You're to pose? You're a whole foot and a half shorter than Webinyama. How else are you supposed to pose? Sitting with him down. <laughs> so you would never sitting. Take a that's how you pose. Picture. That's how you asked the question. I gave you the answer. How do you pose with Victor Webinyama? Sitting down. Here's Chris Paul. And that's how we toes. pose. With him. He's yeah. trying to to make it look not so. <clears throat> Much of a height disparity, I guess. Yeah, it still you're, looks ridiculous. You're onto something. There are yeah. people in my life, men, that are so handsome that I refuse to take a picture with them because I, I feel so self conscious as it is mm-hmm. and so down on myself all the time as it is okay. that if I'm going to sit there and take an isolated shot with a really handsome individual, I'm out. You're right. You have to think about. No, no, no. The, I didn't take it there. I was no, just saying no, I'm that saying Victor about Weber the was seven, five, I know. I, what I'm saying is you're right that you got to be conscious about some of these pictures. Sure. If you're standing next to a guy that's seven foot five. I want an example. I was looking at the guy where you were like, "You're too handsome. We can't take a photo." He's not a name guy, but I could I could show you a picture of him when we're done with the show. But you you actually refuse to take a photo with him because you just said too good looking. Yeah, his name's David. Hundred percent, I will not take a picture with him because he's too good looking. I think you need to talk to somebody about that. Uh, I'm, a, a, that's, I'm that's, not that's arguing real, that. I think you need to talk. There, there's a really. I'm just saying Victor Webinyama is too damn tall. I don't want somebody that tall standing over me and taking a picture with him. Let's let, like if we're gonna take a picture together, let's both be sitting down so Agreed. we're eye level. You're a very tall individual, yes. so to the fact that he would be someone that could tower over you—that's probably a rarity. It doesn't feel great. Like I remember <laughs> the first time I met Shaq, and having him tower over me was just like I'm very uncomfortable right now that there's a human being that is standing over me like I would stand over my nephews. Like that—that's it, it. Felt awkward, and I never want to be in that position again. Let alone take a picture. I think that is a very different thing than Evans hang up about another man being handsome. Yeah. I took a photo with Adam Wainwright, uh, pitcher for the St. Louis Cardinals. He's 6'7 and I'm 5'4. And it was, the photo was awkward because I'm so short. Can you imagine me taking a photo with Victor Wembanyama? No. 
I couldn't. That would be such an uncomfortable photo. It'd be great for the show, though. But now I'm playing out one other thing. I'm playing out one other thing, though, CeCe, because I think you're right about what you're saying, but then you have to go to that place of saying to Wembenyama, hey, take a seat. Can you sit down for a second? What if there's no chair? Well, if he doesn't want to sit down, then it's all good. We don't have to worry about taking a picture. Then together. you're just going to pass on the picture. I don't have to have but it. what yeah. if he wants a picture with you? What if he's like, I'm a huge fan. I'm unsportsmanlike. You're my favorite analyst. I would love to get a photo. Well, but there's well, no chair well, available. Well, well, in that instance, he can sit his big ass down and let's take a picture. <laughs> it ain't got to be the regular chairs. He can get the high chairs, We'd bar stools, chair. or whatever. What, what if you're on the street? What if he just sees you on the street? He's like, Chris Canty, I'm a huge fan. You want to take a picture with me? Come and join our sportsman like in studio. Let's go. So there's no there way you go. There you're is no, like there's that. no way around. It. I like that. Go. I got that's, a good, that's a good way of doing exactly. it. Very well answer. done. There you go. Uh, Robert in Vegas, listening on 1100 AM in Vegas. What's up, Robert? Shout out to Q Myers and everybody there. Oh, what's going on? What's going on, man? Good morning. How y'all doing? What's up, Robert? Oh, uh, can you hear me? Yes. yes go ahead, you. sir. Okay. All right. I'm on. Hey. Okay. There's nothing wrong with you not wanting to pose with a good-looking guy. I get that. Thank you. However. I think there's something terribly wrong with all these athletes talking about they'd rather be blowed out in the championship game than to come up just short. What happened to respecting your opponent? You give your best effort, you go out there, and if you lose by one run in a, in a, uh, in a game seven in the bottom of the ninth, you take that on the chin. But if you get blowed out 10-3 to three in a game seven, you didn't belong there. I, I don't know. Seven. I don't know about that. It's a one. game seven. I don't know you about be, that. If you get to a game seven, you belong there. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you necessarily don't belong there. But I want to go one step further on this with Pat Costello, our producer. The Buffalo Bills went to four Super Bowls in a row. They famously had one of the most difficult losses you'll ever have in any game in the history of sports when they lost the New York Giants in Tampa. Memorable Super Bowl. That's the one that the late great Whitney Houston sang the national anthem, arguably mm-hmm. the greatest pregame national anthem we've ever seen in any sport ever, right? They lose by a point, if I'm not mistaken, 20 to 19, if I'm not mistaken, on that one. And a couple of years later, they lose to the Cowboys 52-17. The three of us in this room would much rather have the 52-17, right? Absolutely. No yeah. doubt. Yeah. Pat, are you actually saying that you— That's crazy. Oh, my me. God. I couldn't even get the— You're, You would take the 20 to 19—you would take the Norwood game. In You'd a rather, heartbeat. Oh my god! Because you're standing there going, "We're going to win the world, or we're going to win the Super Bowl in that situation." But you don't win. You blew it. Well, we know that now. You don't know that before he kicks it. I just we but Pat, we're playing the results on literally every game ever played. It's a, it is a play the results argument. Imagine here. sitting there for like two weeks leading up to the Super Bowl, like, "All right, this is the year we're going to get it." And then you lose by fifty. That's terrible. Right, but at least then you could say it wasn't our year. If you lose twenty to nineteen on the Norwood miss kick, you cannot say it wasn't our year. You can't say that. The regret that you have and the lifetime of frustration, Christine Lisi, diehard Bills fan, is still probably living with that. Yeah, you were one play away from winning the Super Bowl if the kicker does his damn job. But in the instance of losing by 40 to the Cowboys, right. you weren't one play away. Not you even close. You weren't five plays away. Yes, they, preach. They boat raced you. Like, yes. why, why would you? That's why would, so much more hopeless to me. Like, that's just wow. like. You, no, but you no, just, no, 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 Pat. They didn't you're, belong in that game, you're, you're misunderstanding what I'm saying. It's the hope that you could actually win the game in the moment. Like, the game is in the balance. We had the hope. It could happen. It's way more deflating to lose a game like like the Bills lost when Scott Norwood was wide right than it was to be blown out by the Cowboys. And that's why we're saying we'd rather be blown out. Right. I'd rather the long goodbye than to have a situation like what happened with 
the the Cowboys uh, with the Bills and the Giants. We're on Sportsmanlike on to Wednesday, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.